0: I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. So, people, we're back. I am really ecstatic to have the guest on today's show because this is the man that's been behind the greatness that you all have gotten in the past couple of months. He's actually my podcast editor. We met, and as you're going to learn, I meet a lot of people on social media. So we met on social media all because of a hashtag. So, Gino Cordon, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing really good. Excited to be on your show, finally, instead of just being behind the scenes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to finally have you. And it was great, the alignment that we have to tell everybody about, that you're a first generation college graduate as well. I am. What are the chances that that would have happened? Like, that was so crazy to me. So I've been telling you this forever. It's just divine intervention that we'd actually connect in this way. So, yeah, so glad to bring you from behind the scenes as well and get everybody to know who you are and what you do. So this would be a perfect time to ask that question. Can you tell us about yourself?
1: Sure. So my name is Gino Fordone. I was born and raised in Connecticut, born in Middletown, raised in Colchester. I went to Bacon Academy for high school. And for college, I went to the University of Hartford to study mechanical engineering. I graduated in 2014. And when I graduated, I started working at Electric Boat down in Groton, Connecticut, which is Uh, one of the builders of nuclear submarines. I worked there for about three years, and then I switched jobs, and I currently work for Pratt & Whitney, and I work on support equipment for military jet engines. I am a first generation. Um, I actually have a twin brother. Uh, We both went to the same school.
0: (laughs) Oh, that is so cool.
1: Yeah, and we both actually went for engineering too, and we both were the first person in our family to graduate from college. As far as stuff on the side, my hobbies include music, photography, and riding my motorcycle. Um, I've been playing music for about 10 years, so that's a pretty big part of my life. I am in a band, currently, and I just actually left one of my bands. I play the guitar, drums, and bass. All were self-taught. And I also record and mix music, which is kind of what got me into the whole podcast production which I started earlier this year. So I started my website earlier this year called pleasantpodcast.com. And then we met each other from a hashtag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We met from a hashtag love. (laughs) No, but really, I think it's really cool. You're like the jack of all trades. Like, what don't you do? And it's really cool that you have both this engineering background, which I'm totally impressed by, by the way, because I hear engineering and I'm like, ooh fancy and it, because it is a stem, you know, like something I didn't even think twice about growing up. But then you have this music side of who you are and so it's self-taught and instruments like you're badass. I think that's really cool of you. Um, how have you been able to balance all of your passions because you have so many and, and so many skills even?
1: That that does get us cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have this like constant list of things that I'm trying to do or that I want to do or that I have ideas for and it always seems like I never can get to all of them but you, you just gotta take it one day at a time and I'm a big list person so I'll, I'll make like mm-hmm. a list every day of the things that I want to do and I'm Pretty, pretty planned out. I have this nice planner that I got at the beginning of this year that I actually really like. It breaks every day down into the hours, so I can kind of mm. put in what I'm doing where and kind of set goals for the week and set goals for the month and do that for them
0: very cool staying organized I like making lists too and then I make a long list and I'm like I can't do all this I'm so overwhelmed (laughs) so uh
1: that's why I like to try to keep it to like the day list so it doesn't seem as overwhelming and you can you know try to get more done
0: I think that's really cool. Very, very nice, my friend. I think it's really cool that you're a twin. I just learned that about you. So now I want to call you first-gen twin. (laughs) Because it's like, that is, I mean, it had to be quite the experience. And I mean, speaking of which, you know, one of the questions I typically ask is, what was the push for you to go to college in the first place? And so I'd ask you that question, and I'm also going to ask you, how was that navigating with a twin?
1: So yeah, that's your first question. Definitely came from a a lot from my parents and a lot from some, some good teachers that I had in high school. Actually, when I was in high school for my first couple of years, I didn't even really think that I was going to go to college. It wasn't really something that had interested me and I, I really just didn't know anything about it and I didn't know what was offered but having my brother that that I think may have helped too because mm. we kind of could talk about you know like what we were going to do and really what got me into engineering was in high school, I was in this shop class that I really enjoyed and that was like you know working machines and doing milling and lathing and welding and stuff and I really like that kind of thing and my shop teacher told me one day he said like said I was too smart for this (laughs) and I had to maybe go like towards engineering or something because an engineering you can kind of you still have that technical aspect but you know it's not like you gotta get dirty all day long and and it's a sustainable career I guess. So I kind of listened to him and... To my parents and kind of just went for it and I really didn't put too much thought into like where I was going or anything like that kind of just decided one day and like the University of Hartford gave this kind of deal for for having a sibling go at the same time so my dad was like yep that's where you're going <laughs>
0: so
1: that's where he ended up
0: <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that though and I mean a discounts always great especially with education because it's so expensive these days one thing I, so- I
1: also didn't realize was that the University of Hartford is a private school, and I, I kind of thought at first that private schools were too expensive, and you know, because you see the sticker price, but really when we got down to like the numbers of it, the University of Hartford was almost the same price as one of the Connecticut State schools, and if I weren't to apply because they had a free application, I would have never found that out, and we would have never realized that they have the ability to give you more grants and more help. and that that sort of thing.
0: Mm, Wow. Very, very cool to know. So there are advantages to staying in state as well. You would say that?
1: Yes, that that too. (laughs) That definitely helps because we were in state in Connecticut.
0: I love that. I love that a lot. So let's think about the fast forward to graduation, you know, because you clearly was successful in school. You graduated, you know, pretty sure you landed a pretty awesome job. I mean, looking at the work that you've done, I'm like, that's really cool to me. <laughs> like, very fascinating. But yeah, now you're a graduate and you're on your own. What right after school was life like for you? You know, this first generation graduate, um, you've got this degree in hand. The world is yours. Yeah,
1: so it was definitely exciting and also nerve wracking at the same time, because I was excited to, you know, start in the working world and do something that I thought would be interesting for me. I wanted to do something, you know, that was interesting to me. At the same time, it was kind of like you go on an interview and you don't, I mean, you can never really get what the job fully is just from an interview. You, could, you mm-hmm. just get what somebody tries to tell you. I was kind of nervous as to picking a job that I was going to be happy with because it was a pretty big decision. And I was fortunate enough to when I entered the job market, it was actually a pretty good job market, especially for my field. So I interviewed at a couple of different companies and different industries, and I ended up going with Electric Boat because they weren't too far from home. And it was something that interested me. You know, at the time, it seems seems pretty cool, nuclear submarines.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. That's pretty cool, actually. (laughs) Like, very cool. What was one of the most unique experiences that you had or have had just in working with submarines or being in this engineering world? Because it's so different from your world of music.
1: Yeah, it is pretty much opposite. But working at Electric Boat, I got to see a lot of pretty cool things. I worked on the production side the manufacturing side so i got to deal with the uh, submarines that were currently being made so i got to go on the submarines i got to you know go into the engine rooms and see all the stuff i are not supposed to talk about and <laughs> and um i also got to go to the vendors that made the different equipment that we worked on um and see their facilities and see what they got to work on and, and that kind of stuff really excites me i, I like the the manufacturing and of things to, to see how things are actually made. That's always been um, an area of interest for me. I
0: love that. So switching a little bit into your music, when did that come about?
1: In high school, I started playing music. Before that, I was big into cars, you know, all kinds of cars and stuff. And then there was a point in high school where I kind of just like switched. And I started really getting into music, and I started actually listening to music and getting favorite bands, and and I had this old guitar that um you know like one of those mail order catalog guitars that uh, <laughs> you know, my brother uh, had gotten like for Christmas or something like that, and we never really learned how to play it, and actually the whole thing was kind of an accident. I was online one day, and I figured out that there's this website that taught you how to play guitar with what's called um, which basically is just a numbering system so you don't need to be able to read music in order to learn how to play a song and once Mm. I figured that out I was like oh well that's easy I can count like, <laughs> I should I should be able to play this guitar. Um, and I just got really into it for basically ever since then to where I would get songs that I liked and I would figure out how to play them. And uh, that eventually viraled into writing my own songs and playing music with my brother who also plays and getting in the band and recording music. And basically that never stopped evolving. And I've always tried to learn as much as I can about it and to try to do as many different things as I could within music, because I guess I am kind of a do-it-yourself kind of person, where I like to do everything myself, and um, I like to know how to do everything just to have that capability.
0: Definitely nothing wrong with that. I think it's cool how fascinated you are with learning and being interested in many things and things that you could do with your hands. So like just a hand-in-mind person, how you are able to maneuver as an engineer and both as a musician, as an artist things that require you to just kind of think outside of the box and be creative but more than anything to produce so I'm really fascinated to know that about you like gosh that would make sense why he would even be great at the podcast thing for you it's touch it's music it's love it's production I'm curious to know what as a first generation college graduate has kept you motivated to continue to press forward professionally and personally
1: well, I guess I'll start in school because engineering school was a little bit of a shock to me because it was, it was hard um, <laughs> and I wasn't used to uh, that kind of workload and that kind of thing in high school. So I, I guess I kind of just take it one day at a time like I had mentioned before. So like in school, my main focus was to pass on my classes and just try to graduate and to do as, as good as I could in those classes to get to the end goal of graduating and then mm. once I got a job I wanted to get something that was interesting so I, I guess it is that concept want to keep learning so I got a job that I was interested in and when I was in that job I would you know volunteer for all the different things that I could do because I always wanted to, to do different things and to to work in different areas which they would let me and when they when there was a trip to go somewhere like I would be the first one with my hand up and say, yeah, I want to go on that trip to travel. You know, I'd always want to just do, I guess, everything. Um, I'm not really sure where that comes from, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe just uh, trying to prove to myself that I could do good and feed.
0: I like that you say that, proving it to yourself, though, because more than anything, that matters, you know, more than proving anything to someone else. So I I like that thought a lot. What would you say to someone who's a first-gen grad as well, um, who may be feeling unmotivated to go after some of their passions or to go after some of the, you know, some big goals that they may have. So I I think
1: maybe another big part of being motivated is is doing something that you actually like. So I would say first, find what it is that you actually like, because you may not even know what you like. If you have, you know, your parents telling you to do one thing and your friends telling you to do another thing and your professors telling you to do another thing, you may not even have figured out what it is that that you like. So first, that's what you got to figure out. And second, don't be afraid to go after what you like, because there's always going to be somebody who tells you that that's the wrong thing to do. And you shouldn't do that. But at the end of the day, you have to be happy with yourself. So figure out what it is you like, go after and get it. And don't be afraid of what other people are going to think or what other people are going to say to you.
0: So thinking about challenges a little bit here what would you say has been the most challenging aspect of being a first generation college graduate so being that nobody went to school before you to have I want to say maybe a different perspective on living life with a degree and also in the states, you know just trying to figure it out and what I mean by that is this this question can be so tricky sometimes um my mom didn't have a degree either, and so there were limits to the kind of positions or jobs that she could pursue because of education. And in this day and age, we're pushing so much for education in, in every capacity, but yet we have a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who say, I don't need education because I know how to make money. So just kind of thinking from your own perspective, here you are first-gen, you're educated, but then you don't really need the education, but then you don't really have, I want to say, sometimes a foundation or the support um, to go forward in careers is, I guess, ways imagined. So what has that been like for you? What's been challenging?
1: Um, so definitely the whole just thinking about college in high school. Um, you know, it was always something that my parents said, like, oh, you have to go do this. You have to go do this. And, and they were coming from um, the same place your your parents were coming from. And just knowing that if you don't have a college education, it, it limits a lot of options. And if you have one, then it opens up all these opportunities. So to them it wasn't really like you should, you know, find what you like and you should pursue something that you want. To them the, the main thing was just just go to college and just get that piece of paper. <laughs> so like I, I wasn't really thinking about it too much in in high school and I I didn't even really take it seriously until senior year when you know, you're graduating and it's like, "Uh, what are you going to do?" <laughs>
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but I was fortunate enough to have people around me that I could see what I liked and could see what excited me and, and kind of pushed me to go in that direction. But but yeah, I, I, I didn't really put that much um, consideration to something that I would want. I think that's kind of a big problem in the education system now is where you have these people going to college and they don't really know what they want to do. And to talk about the entrepreneurship thing that you mentioned earlier, people can not go to college and, and make even more money than somebody that goes to college. So I don't necessarily think that college is for everybody, but at the same time, it does open doors and it, and it does give you more options because now I'm in a situation where I have a college degree and I have a good job. So it kind of gives me freedom to go into entrepreneurship a little bit. Um, and sure, I don't have like as much time, but I do have financial stability to to be able to do the things that I want to do and to to travel and to have some freedom and and not have to worry about, you know, where's the next paycheck going to come from?
0: Mm. So what then do you say to someone who is first gen like we are? You know, they have a degree as well, but maybe the degree is not working for them like they wanted to, but they're interested in entrepreneurship. Um, What what would be some other advice maybe that you would give to them for maybe even making the transition or just getting started, period?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, with, with the internet nowadays, it's easier than ever to, to become an entrepreneur. And I would say if you're not happy doing what you're doing, you don't have to all of a sudden one day stop doing what you're doing and, and try entrepreneurship. And then if it doesn't work, then then you're screwed. <laughs> so yeah. I, I would say start out slow and, and, and dip your feet into entrepreneurship. While you're still working, you know, you come home, and you put some, put a couple hours to it, a day or a week or whatever time you have and see if that's something that you like, because at the end of the day, you don't know if entrepreneurship is going to be something that you like. You really don't know what you're going to like until you do it, which is kind of backwards <laughs> because like I was saying earlier with, with jobs, like sure, they tell you what you're going to do and what's expected of you. But you don't know until months, even maybe up to a year after doing the job, what it really entails. So my advice would be, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, don't wait for, for something to happen. Don't wait to quit your job. Just start now and, and work at it little by little. And if you get to a point where maybe you don't have enough time to put into your, into your business because of your, your day job and your day job is getting in the way then maybe make the transition and see if it works for you.
0: I think that's really sound advice. And I think something else that happens with us as first gens a lot of times is we don't really think about entrepreneurship first because we're focused on the degree and the degree is supposed to be the thing that helps us or saves the day. So I like that you suggest to find a balance of both. Um, if that's something you're interested in, because I recognize every first gen or every person, period, is interested in entrepreneurship because they're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and it's OK. You know, um, it's just thinking about the trends that I'm seeing now. A lot of us, um, this generation, we want to be self-made, for lack of a better words. We want to be able to do our own thing and live life on our own terms. So very cool stuff. And,
1: and there's nothing wrong with having two jobs, you know, like like you could run some online business where it doesn't take you 40 hours a week to to do it. It takes you maybe 10 hours a week to do it. And it's something you can manage while you still have your job. So you still have that freedom. You have, you know, another source of income and you don't have to rely on your your day job. So if you get laid off, then, you know, it's not a big deal to you. You can go somewhere else and and do something else. It's always good to diversify. and, And I guess I see that in the work industry, now, too, is where there's a lot of people who have a side thing, you know, they, they do something on the side. And I think that's only beneficial to you if you can do something else and, and you know, something, especially if it interests you, you know? Um, because if it interests you, it comes to you naturally. Like for music for me and doing and production and that kind of thing, it's not really like work to me. So. Like, I don't mind coming home and doing it because I like doing it. So Mm -hmm. if you can find a way to monetize your hobbies, then it's basically not even work.
0: What about the people who say that they don't even know, like they can't think of anything that they love enough to want to monetize? So they feel like they can't become entrepreneurs.
1: I would say that there's, definitely something that interests you. If there was, you know, uh, a magazine that you read or or something that you look up on the internet in your free time, there has to be one thing that, that you can find that you like. And nowadays, like, there's so many things online that people are selling and so many courses and so many podcasts that you could monetize and blogs. And there's a lot of options out there that I think some people don't realize, especially of different generations. Um, For example, like when I told my father that I was doing this online podcast thing, first of all, he didn't even know what a podcast was. And (laughs) second of all, he didn't even know like what I was doing or like how that was possible. There's there's a lot of things that are out there that maybe you might not realize that you can do if you like sports for soccer, for example. I'm sure there's people out there online that teach other people how to play soccer. And Mm. there's just so many opportunities out there that you, you kind of just have to be creative about it and, and don't think conventionally and think in the internet age because the internet is a very powerful tool and you can reach as many people that are out there and the good thing about that is you can find somebody out there that needs what you can provide.
0: Mm. Very cool and very accurate because the internet is the most powerful tool that we have these days. And I it goes back to us, I was looking for a podcast editor and thought, hmm, hashtag podcast editor and found you. So I mean, and it's working, <laughs> you know, and it's been great. So I just, I love how, again, it's the opportunity that's there. And then to be able to put yourself out there more than anything, that's something that makes a difference. And the end of the day is not being fearful and just saying, I'm going to do this. Because had you been like, no, nah, I don't think anybody would want this. I wouldn't have found you. So kudos to you, Gino, for putting yourself out there, friend. I want to talk a little bit about adversity. I want to know, how do you define adversity?
1: I would define adversity by something that challenges you, something that puts you out of your comfort zone, something that is difficult and something that you have to overcome.
0: Mm. So now, what adversity have you faced, or has there been a time that you'd like to share with us, and how did you manage to overcome it?
1: Sure. So, when I first went into engineering school, basically your first semester is kind of just classes that aren't in your engineering discipline, so it wasn't too much of a change to me from high school, um, and it was pretty similar, but once I got into my real engineering classes, my whole outlook on how to take a class had to change and the way I learned that was my first real engineering classes was static. And I failed that class the first time I took it. And so I took that kind of hard. And I was kind of thinking about if engineering was for me or, you know, what I should do going forward. And I didn't want to have to graduate late and that sort of thing. So that was kind of a big setback at the time. But looking back, It was just something that i had to overcome and that was kind of like my wake-up call to say like hey you actually you know do need to put in a lot of time to study for an exam and basically exams are your your only grade which i've never been a really good test taker so like in high school you could just do your homework and get by basically with passing grades but in college that didn't work and that was kind of my wake-up call to hey you need to put more time into to studying, to learning the, the topics of the class. So I ended up having to retake that class mm. and I did it over the summer so that I wouldn't get behind, which that wasn't fun because <laughs> I was also working and I was working in, I was working, you know, about like 45 minutes away. So I would have to work. I took the earlier shift in the morning and I worked and then once I got out, I went straight to the school. I sat through like, I think the summer classes were like three hour classes. And, you know, then I had to go back home another 40 minutes away because I wasn't living on a campus during the summer. And that was kind of a rough summer. But, you know, I, I did what I had to do. And I took it as a lesson to, um, you know, kind of kind of take studies more seriously. And, and it wasn't just something that you could get by with minimal effort. It was something you actually had to work at.
0: Mm, great lesson, because I think sometimes we think that, oh, it'll just It'll just happen. <laughs> It'll just I'll just do OK, you know, and I'll just get by. But we can't just have the mindset of mediocrity and anything that we want to excel at. We have to be willing to push and go a little further. Or like in your case, you know, you had a setback that could have been also a financial setback. And um glad that you got through that. But I think that's a very valuable lesson for those who are listening, be it that they are currently in school or working You know for someone or what you know professionally it's just you got to put forth effort honest effort to see the results that you want i appreciate that speaking of which what would you tell someone who maybe experienced adversity right now um how would you encourage them to get through the hardship you know like just in general so not based on anything like specifically to a parent or Anything specific to finances, just somebody who's saying life is just hard for me right now and I am over it. What would you say to them? I would say that
1: when you're in a situation like that, you kind of have to take a step back from your situation and give yourself a perspective of you know how other people are because at the end of the day there's always somebody out there that has it harder than you and no matter how hard you think you have it there's somebody out there that's worse off and there's somebody out there that is continuing to go forward so for example like when I failed my class like yeah I failed the class but at the end of the day I'm going to a college to get an engineering degree so that I can get you know a good paying job and like there's way worse things that can happen than than failing a class and I kind of take it like that when I have something that happens to me that, you know, I, I don't like, or, you know, um, I think I'm having a hard time. I try to put it in perspective of, of other people and, and even other countries. I mean, like, for example, there's third world countries out there where people don't even have the opportunity to, to get an education. And, you know, they're trying to just survive out there getting food. And when we're, you know, sitting here driving to the grocery store, getting <laughs> food, you know, that's already made for us in some cases and and mm-hmm. you kind of just have to take a step back and realize that uh, other people have it a lot harder than than what you do and um and that kind of kind of lifts your morale a little bit and makes you thankful for what you have
0: love that gratitude I was talking about that the other day gratitude is everything so I, I love that a lot um another question for you is what would you say is the best advice somebody's ever given to you so I'm
1: going to have to go back to the example of me failing that class again <laughs> because basically what encouraged me to, to keep going with engineering was this professor that I had and it was the professor of the class that I had failed so he, he kind of sat me down and he said if you want something bad enough you're going to get it so if you want to be an engineer you're gonna you're going to get it and if it takes you three years, if it takes you four years if it takes you five years you have to be willing to put that in to get it So the real question is do you want it bad enough and when he told me that um it kind of just like flipped with me and I was like you know what he's right like I just have to put in the work like the school's not going anywhere I can you know come back next year if I need to I can take a summer course which is what I ended up doing but there's always an option there's always a different way to to do something and he he kind of kind of woke me up
0: when he like said that. Mm, I like that a lot. Something else I really like a lot is that you were encouraged to go into a career onto a field that would be able to financially sustain you. And I like that you weren't just, I'm going to go to college and I figure it out. So kudos to your mentors, to those professors, those teachers who cared enough about you to think about shaping your future in a way that you had some kind of insight and that you were able to see the bigger picture long term. Um, I think that's really outstanding. So I love all the great advice that you've received. And I'm glad that you stayed open to it, because sometimes people tell us, we're like, hey, OK, I do what I want to do. <laughs> but you listen to <laughs> others and you considered what they had to say. And you clearly made an awesome life for yourself after college um where you're not having to struggle financially but also able to start a business you're able to travel because like i told you the other day i was living by through you when you were uh, you know out the country recently um but those are all good things like it's you're level-headed and you're able to be practical about your life and not discouraged by the fact of you being first gen and just trying to figure out how to navigate in general that you've been able to do that so you're a rock star to me um we're getting around to the, to the place where we're closing up. So I just have a couple more questions to ask you or things I want to know. And one of those things is, you know, what's next for you?
1: So I'm going to continue to grow my podcast business. I'd like to reach more people. And I'm constantly thinking of different ways that I can do that. And I recently came upon this uh, podcast conference that is in New Jersey, which isn't too far away from me. So I, I'm thinking I'm going to go to that and, and try to connect with people on you know a, a physical level versus the internet level. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, it is possible to connect with people online and stuff like that, but it does make it a little bit more difficult when you don't really put a face to, to who's behind the keyboard. So I'm trying to, to reach out, I guess, in person to people to try to grow that business. So for a podcast, that's my plan. <laughs> and for music... I also just left my first real band, played together for about two and a half years, Hmm. um, and I'm playing with another band now, so I'm also trying to get that started and be in a place where we can play out live, and and I'm going to play more live music too. Um, I really like playing shows. and. It's a little bit difficult in Connecticut um, because we're between two big cities, New York and Boston. So the music scene isn't as big as theirs, obviously. But music is like my one thing that I always will have. And Mm. uh, I want to pursue that more and do that and make more music and always be making music and and playing music and sharing music with
0: other people. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. A lot of fun to me, actually. And I, I love that you're just again, I wanted to do more of what you love and things that make you happy because the lesson is, people, you should definitely do what makes you happy because that's what matters in life. Um, matters the most if you ask me, but hey, I'm just one person. So the one thing that you want listeners to walk away with would be?
1: I would say the one thing I would tell people, reiterate, I guess, to do something that, that you love and to so don't be afraid to do something that you love too because I know a lot of, a lot of times like you could be in a situation where uh, maybe everybody around you thinks that it's a bad idea or you can never make money doing that but if you listen to them then you're gonna be caught in that you know never ending cycle of okay it's not possible it's not possible and you don't progress like that if you have an idea just, just go run with it and see what happens you know start doing I'm a big doing person like you can sit and plan something all day long but you never know if it works until you do it so uh-huh. if you have an idea just go chase it and, and see what happens because, you know, the worst that happens is you're in the same spot when you had the idea. Mm. So I would say go go chase your ideas.
0: Go chase your ideas. I love that too. I'm feeling inspired to just like, keep going, keep going, you know, you got ideas, do it. <laughs> um, but really, it's important that we remind ourselves and others no matter if the dream is entrepreneurship or if it's education or if it's buying a house or whatever that you've got to go forward. And I love that you continue to reiterate the pursuit of passion. Um, cause that's what brings happiness to our lives in a lot of cases. So this has been phenomenal. Um, Gina, I've really enjoyed our time together. If I could ask you just really quickly, where in the social media or internet space are you? So our friends can find you. Sure.
1: So I personally am on Instagram and Facebook as Gino Cordone. That's G-I-N-O-C-O-R-D-O-N-E. So feel free to reach out. And also my business, Pleasant Podcast, has a website, pleasantpodcast.com. And that's podcast with an S so feel free to, to jump on there if you have a podcast that maybe needs some editing or if you just need some podcast advice you know i also have an instagram for pleasant podcast so shoot me a message if you have a question and you know i can I try to answer it the best i could
0: sweet yeah i love it well gino thank you for your time on today again you've been amazing and i'm wishing you well in every endeavor ahead take care of yourself
1: thank you very much and thanks for having me and um I really enjoy listening to your podcast every week. Um, I think it's a great thing you're doing and a great platform for people to get inspired.
0: Oh, cheer, cheer. Thanks, friend. I appreciate it.